God bless you. Give each other a wave offering. Turn around, just acknowledge each other in the house. God bless you. I know there are people traveling. We pray for travel mercies to them and to them. And we know God has a plan. We've got some amazing things today. We have a, we have a graduation today. Our dear brethren who did the course, the Bible certificate will be presented later on today. And we have much to cover. So we just want to thank God on this day. And also congratulate if uh, they're watching live stream, Pastor Mario, Liz, Biba and uh, Stavro. Uh, Pastor Mario's son was married yesterday with Gabriella, Andreas and Gabriella. So we we'll thank God for their lives. God bless them, protect them, cover them and really let his light shine through their lives. We give, them, we give the Lord the praise for their lives. God bless you. So today we're going to touch on the, on the theme of the journey. Our life's journey, praise God. We have many different encounters. I want to look at the examples that Jesus lays out for us, the attitude we should have on this journey. Amen. So praise God. In fact, I'm going to do something maybe unconventional that I don't always do. I'm going to ask one of the younger ones to read the scripture for me. Who would who'd like to volunteer? Come on, don't hide your head. Don't duck your heads. The one who did it first, the young, who would like to read the scripture for me? No volunteers? I'll, I'll volunteer you, I think. Raphael, come on. There you go. And in fact, it doesn't know today's reading is quite a lengthy one. So what I'd like you to read for me is from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 14. And I'll take it from verse 13, and then we'll take it from there. If I make any mistakes, I'm very sorry. <laughs> okay. When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place for himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on the foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. When it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a deserted place. And the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave it to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. 
And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of... Genesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent out, sent out into all this, that surrounding region, brought, brought to him all who were sick, and begged him that they, made, they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched it were made perfectly well. Thank you very much. I'll stay here. That's fantastic. Well done, well done. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Just stand there. Praise God. Amen. He didn't know he's going to preach the sermon now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. No, it's wonderful. Just want to say, you know, we read the scripture. It's a, it's a journey. It's quite a lengthy scripture there. What did you initially, I know you're caught like in, in headlights now, you're dazzled, but what do you make of that? Um, I think, you know, whatever's going on in your life, whatever circumstances you're in, just keep your eyes on Jesus. And, you know, it's going to be tough. Life is tough, but focus on Jesus. And by doing that, you'll be, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> well, that's your sermon for today. God bless you. It's been nice seeing you. <laughs> God bless you. Have a word. Amen. God bless. And as I said, we take the journey. It's a journey. Life is a journey. We go every day. We have encounters, different encounters. You see the, where Jesus, uh, the things that Jesus had to deal with that in his time. And that, the, it starts the, the message, the, the, the reading started after he heard that John the Baptist was beheaded. His cousin was beheaded. And that triggered, that prompted the ministry to really move on. And so when we have adversity in our lives, that's the trigger that we move toward a godly dimension. I wish I'm speaking to someone. It's often when we have a diversity, we want to sit back and we want to just procrastinate. Or we, we're sometimes where we, we, we've got so many emotions that we kind of overcome sometimes. We have challenges in life. But the word of God, Jesus' example is this, is when you encounter a difficulty or challenge, start moving. Not, not necessarily... Uh, physically even, spiritually, not even geographically, spiritually, start to move, start to move ahead because that's empowerment. You start to allow God to intervene in our situation, exactly what happened through these examples, through our, the example of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which are powerful narratives, praise God. Amen. So the narrative begins, it begins by saying to us that after John the Baptist was beheaded, his cousin, he didn't sit back, he didn't become negative, he didn't become disillusioned, but he said, now it's my time to move on and give meaning and purpose to my life, why I'm here. John the Baptist fulfilled his purpose. He heralded the coming of the master, the light of the world. He said, I'm not the light, but he, someone's coming who, who come after me. Him you will listen to. And this is, he was alluding to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So when you have difficult times, carry on persevering spiritually. Do not give up in prayer. Do not give up in, in hope. And connect to the right people that can change your lives to help you move forward and make sense of the adversity and of the challenge. We see, I just want to go back over what um, Raphael wonderfully read in verse 13. And when Jesus heard it, that's when Jesus heard that John the Baptist was beheaded. He departed from there by boat to, he says, he departed there by boat to a desert place by himself. He went to reflect. 
But you know, there's something about Jesus that wherever he is, he, he always gets noticed. And when God is in your life, wherever you are, you will get noticed. Amen. People gravitate towards, they want, they want something. They want meaning to life and purpose to life. Amen. When Jesus was born himself, even the Magi came, they sought him out and find him. When he was in a place, he was in a dark it was in a, in a place that not conventional for a king to be born, but yet the Magi came to search him out and find him. So every, everything gravitates towards Christ. Good, bad, ugly comes towards Jesus Christ. Not everyone comes for the right reasons around Jesus. His disciples come to him, crowds come to him, enemies come to him, crit, critics come to him, accusers come to him. You'll have attention. But the important thing is that you stay focused and consistent in who God's called you to be. Don't change with the weather. In spite of what's happening in our lives, we're consistent. Be consistent in your faith, in your walk. And you will have the breakthrough and you will overcome. It's a spiritual science. Amen. It's scientific. It's spiritual scientific. We trust God. We all come through at the end. You'll always land on your feet. When I was reading the, the, the message that Christopher wrote for, for Marilyn last week, he says, my mom's got more than nine lives. And you know, cats, nine lives. And you know, the thing is this, that when you drop a cat, and I don't encourage you to drop cats now, they always land on their feet. Amen. So when, when, whatever life throws at us, if we trust in God, we will land on our feet. People were not aware, perhaps my challenges in my life, my journey from start when God called me, even before God called me, when oftentimes, you know, there was times, life-threatening situations I've been in, but God saw me through them because he had a purpose for my life. And when God has an assignment for you and a purpose for you, you will come through. It doesn't matter what you see visibly. It's what God is doing spiritually that will make the difference, pray God, God that will give you the breakthrough. As long as you look through the lens of the Spirit of God and not through the lens of negativity, public, worldly opinion and views, you look through the lens of the Spirit, you will see beyond that limitation, praise God. Isn't that true, Reverend Christine? How many years have we known each other? It's more than 10, I believe. Welcome, Reverend. Let's, let's welcome Reverend Christine in the house. She's a spiritual daughter. And it's a consistency that we're here today. I know Reverend Christine has challenges. She knows I've had challenges in life, but we're still standing. Is that right? Praise God. Why? Because we will have one common denominator. And you know what that common denominator is? God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So we see when John the Baptist beheaded, Jesus' ministry took off. What challenge in your life is going to be the catalyst to propel your calling to find meaning and purpose and be shaped? What challenge in our lives is going to bring us closer to God? So, because sometimes challenges in life take us away from God. That's not necessarily full. It's not, we don't make false assumptions that a challenge will bring us to God. But I will encourage you, lean more to God. Always give God the benefit of the doubt because he knows better. Because it doesn't end here. This is the journey. This is the means. This is not the ends. But the means will determine the ends. But sometimes the end does not justify the means. You'll get that when you get home. Amen. Praise God. And we're told they come, he goes to a desert place and people begin to realize where he is and they gather around him. I pray that you will seek out Jesus in that desert place. Perhaps your desert place, Jesus has come and found you in your desert place. That's why David said, ye though walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You are with me even in my desert. You are with me in my valley. You're with me in the mountain. You're with me whatever situation. I know you are with me. I trust you because you feel all things. 
your omnipresence. Start acknowledging that. You know, you have a power greater than the, the physical things you see around your life. It's powerful, praise God. And so we see, and Jesus looks out and he sees these multitudes gathering around him. Not just one person, but multitudes gather around Jesus because humanity has a need. The world does not have the answers. Only God has the answers. Hallelujah. And he was moved to compassion. He sees this. And he was moved by the fact that they wanted to see truth. Because when you come to Jesus, Jesus has compassion for you and for me. Because he loves us. Because he first loved us that we can in turn love him. Praise God. And, 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 and there, was, there were afflicted some of them. There were sick. But yet we're told he had compassion and he began to heal them. Oh, hallelujah. And it says for, in verse 14, let's just quickly read on. And when he saw, when Jesus saw, saw, and when Jesus went out and saw a great multitude, he was moved to, with compassion for them and healed their sick. Praise God. So you see, they made the effort to come to him. Often we say, Lord, come, Lord, you, you've abandoned me, you've, 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 you've rejected me, uh, whatever. But the th important thing is we make the effort. We take one step, he takes 99, and he'll come and find us in that place of our need, praise God. And then we're told when it was evening. Sometimes the sun sets in our lives. Sometimes we have uncertain moments. Sometimes there's darkness in our lives, praise God. And that's why it's important that we seek God while it is day. Because night is coming when no one can work. Praise God. Nicodemus went to Jesus by night. Night speaks of ignorance. Night speaks of fear. Night speaks of uncertainty. Night speaks of darkness. Night speaks of shadows. But Christ disperses those shadows by his presence, place God. Hallelujah. I notice we have a candle here on the floor here. And you know, if I pick the candle up and I put it in, a, and it's in a dark room, and I put the candle up toward the wall, the whole body of the candle will, will shed a shadow. The only thing that will not have a shadow is the light. What's ignited. And when Christ is in your life, all your shadows will be dispersed. All your ignorance will be clarified. God will give you clarity. God will give you understanding. God will give you knowledge. God will enrich you in, in body, soul, and spirit. The joy of the Lord becomes our strength, praise God. Hallelujah. The fact that we're here today, as I always say, oftentimes I say, look, we, we, we're overcomers. The fact that you can sit here today, the fact that you can watch this on live stream, you're overcomers. You're more than a con. Because you're here today, you've done something other people may not, could not do this morning. Some people could not get out of bed. And it was not necessarily because of a hangover. It might have been because of an ailment. It might be because of a sickness. It might have been because it was their last breath blast out. But you are here. You are alive. So celebrate life and rejoice that you are here, that you can make the difference. This morning, we began this morning by connecting to China. Uh, uh, Mr. Chang and Mr. Wong and Rui were in the car driving and connected with me. And we connected with China and we baptized two people in China. <laughs> Praise God. There's, no, there's not the right time to do. This is the time. This is the day the Lord has made. We are rejoicing on this day. And this is what God sees for the moment. Life is a sequence of moments. And the most important moment in your life is now. Because you cannot guarantee the next one. But you know you are here now. So maximize the now. Receive now and say, Lord, what is, what is life really all about? What do you want from me? How can I serve you? Praise God. 
How can I live a life that's praiseworthy, that's virtuous, that's enriching, that blesses other people as well, not just self-absorbed for myself? How can I be selfless to make that difference in other people's lives? That's what, when I said follow Jesus' examples, that's the example I want you to see. When they wanted to herald him as king and lord of lords himself, he said, I've come to serve and not to be served. I've come to offer myself as a ransom for many. I've come to bring healing. I've come to enrich people's lives. I haven't come to take, I've come to give. Because I function from the principle of agape, which is agape love, which is a giving love, and not a philo love, which is a taking love. Let's stop having this mentality about taking and let's start learning how to give something out. And that's when we truly will be enriched and reflect the divine nature and divine attributes. That's what will make the difference when we have this mindset. Hallelujah. It's like the story about the man. He was, he was drowning and the man came by the shore and he said, he said, give me your hand. And he wouldn't. Give me your hand. And he says, okay, take my hand. And he took it. You get that later. <laughs> give me your hand. We're not used to giving. You'd rather drown and die in your misery than give. And then when the man's changed the way, the, 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 the phrase, he says, take my hand. Oh, take. I know how to take, but I don't know how to give. <laughs> Think about it. And he had compassion. It was evening. It was a sunset. If your son has set, if the sun has set on your life, I've got good news for you today because you've got something amazing here today. Malachi chapter 4 verse 2 says this, you've got something amazing. Please embrace this, take it, internalize it. Malachi chapter 4 verse 2, please. But to you who fear my name, hallelujah, to those who the sun has set, listen to the word of Malachi, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in his wings. It was night, but the Son of Righteousness Christ has risen and brought healing into our lives, both spiritual and physical healing, praise God. Arise with healing in his wings, hallelujah. So we have the Son. It doesn't matter about the time, the, the physical, the 24-hour time. When Christ comes in your life, at that moment, the sun has risen and there's healing in his wings. The wings of Jesus are the cross of Calvary because when he stretched his hands on the cross, he stretched those wings, those wings of the eagle. And under the shadow of his wings, we find refuge, we find protection, we find healing, we find empowerment, praise God. Under the shadow of his wings, we are protected, we are fortified. Hallelujah, praise God. So his disciples came to him saying to him, this is the desert place. You know, amazing. You know, they go and say, look, there's nothing around here. It's a barren place, a desert place. He says, and they say, and the hour is already late. It's sunset. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. He goes, go and let them tent for themselves. It's a barren place. There's nothing we can, we can't not give them anything. And often people, we're sometimes helpless and hopeless in the face of challenges in our lives. We've got nothing basically to give physically, materially, whatever the case is. But watch Jesus' response to them in this desert place. Yeah? If you're in a deserted place, a desert place, let me tell you, take hope, take courage. Because something's about to break into your desert and your deserted place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise. Watch this. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. Because Jesus is all that we need. I've lived by that mindset 
that philosophy, if you like, that, that, that truth that God reveals. I've lived by that all my life from coming to Christ. And I know that he can sustain this. He's more than enough. He's more than enough to satisfy us in our, in our most challenging times. He can satisfy us. He's the great provider. He's Yahweh Jireh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He brings a peace that surpasses understanding. The world cannot supersede him. The world cannot give more than he can ever give. Nothing's a drop in the ocean what the world does compared to what God can do in our lives. And let me tell you, church, now is a time of revival. So for the core four corners of the world, the word, the spirit of God is pouring out. Don't worry what the governments, what the powers that be are doing because God is still enthroned and God is still victorious and God is going to bring salvation in people's lives at this point, even as I speak to you now, the people here on a live stream as well around the world, God is speaking to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, look, they don't need to go away, but they need to be here. When Jesus went to Samaria, he says he needed to go through Samaria. He made the Samaritan woman his need. He didn't have to. He made it a need. He says, they don't need to go away. But let me, one thing you need to understand, you need to be here. And you, ACC, need to be here. And you watching on live stream need to be watching on live stream. Because God has a message today to liberate you, to emancipate you from your own difficulties, from yourself. Hallelujah. They do not need to give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. Well, you know, where there's a place, deserted place, there's nothing here. Well, we're not going to give them to eat. You don't know who's with you. You don't know, sometimes you don't know who's around us. Hallelujah. When we, it doesn't make sense to us, we go by a limitation. God transcends that. God has always another move. When we think it's the end, God says, no, it's a new beginning. We see something as an end. We put a full stop. Not a comma. We put a full stop and said it's over. Jesus says, yes, that full stops. Prompts me to make another move. There's something else. That chapter, that full stop has finished that past sentence. But now I'm going to begin something new, something better for you. Maybe the one chapter in your life today, church, brethren, has ended. Let me tell you, God has another chapter for you. He's writing a better chapter for you. Let him be the scriptwriter in your life. And I said this before. When I was a young child, I used to love these superhero films. They're not as grand as they are now, the, the Marvel superheroes, Spider-Man, Superman, Batman, as they were, they were the, the, the special effects were not that great. They had little strings and they were walking, thinking on the wall, but they're walking, they're filming them upside down. They look like they're walking on the wall, but they're walking up, but they're walking down. And at the end of each episode, the, the superhero's life was in jeopardy, was in danger that it would be over, especially Batman. And it just stops. Watch same time next week and you see what's going to happen. You think, oh, Batman's finished, going to die. But the scriptwriter had an outcome. Hallelujah. He had him, he wrote the, the next episode, otherwise it wouldn't be another episode. And when God writes a script of your life, whatever you're going with, whatever danger, whatever peril, God has another chapter that sees you overcoming and making that peril the stepping stone to get you to where he wants you to be. Sometimes he does that in order to get him close, get you closer to him. 
and you think it's the enemy. No, it's God sometimes trying to get you to himself. I wish I'm speaking to when Jonah left God, when God called him to go to Nineveh and preach repentance, he went the opposite direction and God created the storm to get him back to where he should be. It wasn't the devil. It was God who made the storm to get him back where he needs to be. And sometimes the storms in our life is for God to get us, uproot us and throw us to where the direction we need to go. So if you're going through a dark time now, take courage. The light is there. The sun of righteousness is there. And he's healing in his wings. Praise God. Hallelujah. They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have only five loaves and two fish. Wow. You know God can do amazing things with the power of five and the power of two? They don't know what... Jesus meant metaphorically and spirit. Yes, physically he this does this, but metaphorically it comes over to us. He's teaching us the power of five and the power of two. Do you want to know the power of five and power of two? Would you like, oh, you don't want to know, I'll just leave. We have five loaves and two fish. They're not enough sufficient for 5,000 men plus women and children. And we're going by an imitation. What does that represent metaphorically? Five and two, five loaves and two fish. The loaves are representation of the word of God. Five. The Torah is the power of five. The Torah is the five law books of Moses. Embodied in those five uh, books of Moses can feed and sustain every generation from the time of Adam to now. The teaching in the Torah can bring us closer to God, can satisfy us spiritually. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone. If he says man in the earlier in the gospel, in the gospel, man does not live by bread alone. What did what, what is concern about just the bread? He could have spoken to them and they could be revived, they could be strengthened. It wasn't the symbolic meaning what was represented by the five. It's the Torah, which is the word of God fulfilling what he said to the devil. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Because those five loaves have continually still been feeding every generation from the resurrection to now. It's the word of God has been feeding us up until then right now. Because Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Yeah, he says, I am the bread of life. Jesus, he says in the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily and forgive us our trespasses. Give us our daily bread. He says, what bread? Give us today, not tomorrow, not next week, our daily bread. What is that bread? Those five loaves are represented in that one bread. It's the word of God that will sustain you in the desert, in the dry, in the, in the deserted place of your life. It's the word of God that will empower you and bring healing into your life. I wish I'm speaking to someone. Hallelujah. So that's the power of five. It's the word of God. Five means grace. When Abraham left his home, country, his family, his family, his country, his father's house, to a place he didn't know where he was going, God calls him, right? He was called Abram. And on the journey, God added a letter into his name, which means Abraham. He was a father at the beginning, but by the end, he was a father of multitudes. 
because his life changed and graduated and transformed. And the, the, the letter H is, represents number five, and it's the number of grace. And it represents the hand of God. Because when the hand of God is over your life, you're living by grace. You're saved by grace and not by your works. You're saved for good works, but it's not your good works that save you. But when you're saved, you cannot but do good works to give glory to God for what he has done to you. Because when I think of the goodness of Jesus and what he has done to me, I can only say hallelujah, praise the Lord. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, I'm telling you he is good. He is good. Well, you cannot improve on good. He's good. He's perfect in all his ways. So we only have five. He says we only have five uh, loaves. And then he says we have two fish. What is the power of two? The power of two is Jesus Christ. Because he's made of two natures. He's divine and he's human. And he's the bread as well. And he's the fish. Because... The word fish in Greek, the word for Greek for fish in Greek is the word ichthys. And that's the name of our council, ichthys church council. The word ichthys is an acronym. Every letter means something. Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior. And that was the first symbol that the Christians used to identify each other because they were persecuted by the Roman Empire. I wish I'm speaking to someone. So if you were a Christian, you believed in Christ, and you were meeting in the catacombs, Secretly, be fear of your life because the Christians don't the Christians could not come to Edmonton Forestry and sit like this publicly, openly, and praise the Lord just post resurrection. You would have been the Romans, uh, a centurion would have sent his, his soldiers here that would have bound us, tied us hand and foot, dragged us, put us in shackles and chains, and, and made us spectacles to entertain them in, in the amphitheaters. They would have fed us to lions. Some of us, they would, the lines would not overtake because it might be a bit bitter, but some they would. No, well, I'm not talking about people here. <laughs> I might be speaking about myself, but anyway. There were gladiators who slain them. Don't think, you know, we take for granted, we've moved so far away from the shore of reality of apostolic teaching. We become desensitized to what the gospel's about. Someone bled for me to be able to stand here today. Someone died and rose for us to have life in abundance. Someone died that we could be separated from all the evil of the world to make the difference, bring something good about, praise God. The power of two is Jesus Christ. He's divine and he's human, praise God. Never confusing the both. Sometimes, as I said last week, he revealed his divine nature. Sometimes he's human. But in all times, he did it for you, the purpose force for you and me. He did not do it for himself. He didn't need to save himself. He didn't need to go say, I'm trying to save myself. He saved you and I. The fact that we can sit, be here today is because of, he, of the work he did on Calvary. Praise God. And two means something as well, great, greater. Because the Torah is five. Power of five is the Torah. Power of two is the two great commandments. What are the two great commandments? He says, you give them the Torah and you give them the two commandments. What are the two great commandments? I said this last week. I said it the other day. I said love. He says, love God with all your heart, all your strength, all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the two commandments. And by, we live by that. That fulfills the gospel. That fulfills the scripture. The two commandments are the fulfillment of the prophets and the law, the Torah. 
I wish I'm speaking to someone. And so when he says give the two, that's what he's saying to us today. Because he may not be giving us a physical five loaves, which we do take in the communion, but it's not giving us the five loaves. He's giving us his word. He's giving us grace. He's enriching us. He's strengthening us. I'd rather not eat food and have the word of God than eat sumptuously and have all the delicacies of the world and miss the food of the word of God. Daniel in, in, in Babylon said the same thing. He said, I will not take the delicacies of Babylon. I want to retain, I want to, I will not eat those and drink the delicacies of Babylon. I want to have the word of God. And the eunuch changed their names. He changed their names. He changed their location because he wanted them to forget the God that they were professing to believe in, who they trusted in. How can you trust in the God that let you come into captivity? No, my friend, I've come into captivity to set you free. I've become a captive to set the captive free. Jesus came to become human to give us divinity. He went to prison to set the prisoners free. He died to give us life praise God he was hungry that we could eat he became poor that we can become rich he became sick that we can become well I wish I'm speaking to someone today hallelujah the power of two the woman who went in the temple to give in the treasury she knew the power of two she gave two mites and he said he said she said she's given more than all of you because you're given love She's loving God, and she's loving all of you. The man, the Samaritan, knew the power of two. When he took the wounded and afflicted man to the inn, after he poured the oil and wine and cost him for that, he gave two denarii to the innkeeper. He says, you look after this man, and whatever's left, I'll pay on my return. I wish I'm so Who has got that attitude, that character, that integrity? That humility, that, that sacrifice to, to go beyond the call of duty, go beyond the extra mile. Amen. That's the power of two, praise God. I wish I'm speaking to someone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The two great commandments, the power of two. Hallelujah. And then we're told, and they said, and they said to him, we have only five loaves and two fish. That suffices. That's sufficient. Use what you have. And God will add to it. Whatever you have, use what you have. Don't look at what you don't have. Look at what you have. And if you have nothing, give your nothing to God. <laughs> Lord, I've got nothing to give you. Here you are. Here's my nothing. And you can change that nothing to something. Because you, you, you ignite that relationship with God in that time. Because God goes places where we cannot go in our lives. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's powerful. It is so powerful. And then he says this, this is what Jesus says, bring them here to me. Whatever you have, just give it over to him. And he's able to do amazing things with your little you have. More, less is more, and more is less. Whatever you have, whatever need you have today, in the nighttime of your life, bring it to Jesus. It's a deserted place. In our lives, we may be amongst many people, but we may be alone. We may be in a desert place. It doesn't matter. Wherever we are, God meets us in that place. Hallelujah. He says, bring them here to me. And what does he do? Then he commands the multitude to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves and two fish, and he looked Looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave to the multitudes. 
So he, what did he do? There's a blessing involved. And when we have a situation, let's look up to heaven. He says, what does he do? I want you just for the sequence. They're very important for you and for me. And looking up to heaven. When you're in your situation, whatever situation you have, you look up to heaven. Say, Lord, you know my situation. You know my circumstance. Please do this. Try this when you're at home. It's a science. When you're alone in your quiet zone, just look up to heaven. When I say look up to heaven, you may not be looking physically, but in your mind's eye, you're looking up to heaven. Look up. He says, the, the, the psalmist says, you know, look to the hills for whence my, uh, whence my salvation comes. Just look up. When you see all these things happening around the world, Jesus says, do not despair. Do not lose heart. Look up. Yeah, and we're looking up spiritually. To, today, I want everyone in Asia, I want you just now, perhaps look up. Do that, do that in your mind. Just look up. Say, Lord, well, you know my situation. You know my need I have. I'm looking to you. Don't look to the right. Don't look to the left. Just look up. Don't look to the phone. Don't look to the social media. Look up. Who can do that? Can you do that? Do that. And I can assure you, God is going to look down at you. Because Zacchaeus stood up and even God looked up to him. So if God's looking up to Zacchaeus, how much is going to look down at you? And see you through the eyes of compassion. As he said, Jesus said, he had compassion. And that's a divine nature. Compassion is the divine attribute, characteristic. It's not judgmental. It doesn't say, why were you in that situation? How did you get in that He sees you at the, where you are at that particular moment. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then he, gave, and then he says, he then he gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the multitudes. And then he starts feeding the multitudes. And from where we are, God meets our need. Hallelujah. He meets army. If he can feed an Elijah in the wilderness, he can feed you. Hallelujah. He doesn't make, if he can, if he can part the red, the seal reeds, he can, he, can, he can make a way for you where there's no way, praise God. It's the same God. God never changes. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we conclude, he says, look, but so they all ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. So uh, let me just go recap, just go over it again very quickly before we conclude this morning, what's happening in this narrative, because if we have time, I want to just pass over to what happened after this, if we have time. The disciples are with him. They left their livelihoods. They left their, their work, their businesses, especially Peter, John, James, and, and, and Andrew. They left their businesses. They were fishermen. They had the fishing business between them. And on a day that Simon, Peter left his business, it was the most successful business he had because that was the day he caught most fish that he ever caught in his life. Can you imagine? You've been trying to fish and get the, the, the best catch. And then when, as soon as you get the best catch, he says, leave it. You get the biggest fish and it's just right back in. Yeah? He's fishing and Jesus says when they, when they, when they were fishing, it, it, you know, I want you to think, of, let's go to Luke chapter 5 very quickly. Luke chapter 5, very quick. We just have a this is, this is, just move up, just go to the, then, and then he got into, let me go to verse 3, very quickly, very quick. I just want to show, just want to think about this. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from there. So he's in, the, in, in Simon's boat. This is before he becomes Peter. And that is a representation of his heart and your heart. He gets into the boat and he starts ministering from Pete Simon's boat. And what it means, the, the, the meaning, the metaphor here is the fact that when Christ comes into our lives, through us, our words, he uses our words, our mouth, our voice to speak to people. 
It says, cast a little from the shore. Just do little things, little steps. It's baby steps. You're not called to run into the deep. Not something I normally do. I throw people into the deep, but not what I would do. Jesus is more reserved than that, than that to do that to people. But you, then he will take them to the deep. Then, I, then, then he, verse 4 says this very quickly. When he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. So he says, now I want you to go and, and go back to what you do. But bear in mind, they were fishing all night. Verse 5, very quickly. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have told all night and called nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. So he says, first of all, he raises a bit of objection, complain that they're tired. They're overworking now. But he says, oh, because you've told me to do this, I'll do it. And he cast out the net verse very quickly, next verse. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets, the net was breaking. So they became very fruitful. Don't remember, this was the morning, this was not the night. Nighttime, they caught nothing. This is the morning time. Jesus at the shore of their life, who is the son of righteousness. Now he tells them to cast the, 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 the boat into the deep. And he says, cast your nets out. And they throw the nets and they caught a great catch. And their, their nets were breaking. It was the biggest catch they have ever caught in their lives. And it necessitated other people to come and help them to bring that catch to the shore. Because when God comes into your life, that blessing will overspill and overflow. And other people will be blessed because of your blessing. Oh, next verse, very quickly, very quick. So, so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats. So that they began to sing. They were so overwhelmed by them. Just imagine you're blessed on the, you're, you're, you're fruitful on that level that you cannot contain the blessing. And that's a spiritual metaphor because when God comes into the boat of your life, your blessing will abound, will overflow. David says, you, you anoint my head with, with, with oil. My cup runneth over. When God blesses you, your cup runneth over, body, soul, and spirit, praise God. Next verse, very quickly, we're going to come back to my passage here. When Simon saw it, he, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. He realized his deficiency, his shortfall. But Jesus doesn't hold that against him and start judging and condemning him. Jesus responded by saying this to him quickly, very quickly, for, for, for he, he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken, verse next verse, and so, and so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. He didn't say, you know, I know you're a sinner, you're a bad man, don't worry, uh, you know, whatever, I'm, I'm moving on. But he, did, he just remained there and he encouraged him, do not be afraid, for now you will catch men. And next verse. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Can you imagine? It's just got bigger catch. You've been waiting for this day. You've been waiting for these things. And, but they knew that he who was with them was greater than anything material they can see around their lives. And God works in these amazing ways. You know, so whatever, you, whatever situation you're in, God now is going to enrich you and bless you from the crown of your head right through to your sole of your feet. But it's, in finishing, I want you to think about this. Everything God does is done it's co-workmanship. He works with you and he works with me in our situation where we are. He begins with where we are. Hallelujah. We don't have to become perfect, but he perfects those who follow him. You don't have to be perfect to begin. You begin to start becoming perfect in him. Do you get that? So begin. So wherever you are today, take courage. God is on our side. Praise the Lord. And he invites the disciples 
to pick up all this, all the, all the rubbish. And he's got more left over than what he began with. He began with seven, ended up with twelve. Less is more. It's, it's diminished increase in God. The more you diminish, the more you have. The more you try and hold off, the less you have. That's a divine, that's a, a spiritual principle in the word of God. I'm not making this up. This is, comes from the word of God himself. I want to just go, just finally, just close on a few more verses. If we go, continue to move on to verse 20. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that rema- remained. Now, those who had eaten were about 5,000 men beside women and children. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. When he met their need, that's when he decided to continue his journey. Praise God. But importantly for us today, he's going to meet your need on different levels today. You just need to trust in him. Praise God. Bring your loaves, bring your fish to him. And he will transform it. Bring your challenges to him. He'll transform them. Praise God. And he said it very clearly. This is the purpose he came for. To meet humanity at its need. Luke chapter 4 verse 17 says this. I'm going to finish on these last two verses. And he was handed the book of the prophet, prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, verse 19, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and verse 20. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant, sat down, and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And verse 21, very quick. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All these things that Jesus came to do are being fulfilled in our hearing. He's opening our spiritual eyes as well as our physical eyes. He's setting us free from our own prisons that we create for ourselves or others create from us. He's come to transform us. That's the purpose of his coming. So with those few thoughts, those few words, I want you to think about the message today. Go back and go over and see where you are. Has the night set, the sun set in your life? It's time for the sun to rise. Invite Christ to disperse that darkness. Because without him, we can do nothing. Praise God. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.